Hello, this is Jessica Lynn Jimeno, and you are listening to Flip Switch, the podcast and blog that helps teens and 20-somethings understand depression and bipolar disorder. Welcome to Part 7 of the Impact Series, which celebrates young people across the U.S. who are making a difference in the world of mental health. From the East Coast to the West Coast and the Midwest, I am meeting fantastic students who come from different organizations, Active Minds, Let's, and Erica's Lighthouse, who all have one passion, erasing stigma. These brave students make it easier for people to seek help, get a diagnosis, and find friends. Today we're going to finish 16-year-old Sarah's story. Sarah will talk about surviving a suicide attempt in the 8th grade. She will tell us how she not only survived the attempt, but wound up helping dozens of students with depression and bipolar by founding the largest Let's Club in the U.S. Sarah's Let's Club has 110 students. Let's stands for Let's Erase the Stigma. And now, Sarah will finish her story. My name is Sarah. I am 16 years old, and I am in 11th grade. I am from Los Altos, California. What is your official diagnosis? Bipolar type 1 and AD. ADHD. Sarah, we've talked about the events leading up to your first hospitalization. We're going to talk about events leading up to the second hospitalization, which is the event that catalyzed your starting a Let's Club at your school. What happened when you were in the eighth grade? The six months after my hospitalization, it was very hard for me because there was a huge amount of medication and I started to feel the burden of my illness. And after one night with a conflict with a couple of my close friends, there was a rumor that started, which turned out it was a side effect from my medication, why I couldn't remember who started it. And it was a basic drama. If a girl engaged in a cyberbullying chat pretending to be one of my close friends. And by pretending, the girls were able to trick me into confessing very deep and personal aspects of my life. And at the end of the chat, they revealed to me who they were, and they said, I hope you die, bipolar bitch. And a lot of this was had to do with the actual diagnosis which came out about being bullied. And I was at the time, I was feeling a lot of suicidal thoughts because of feeling the burden of my illness. And then I took 30 prescription pills and tried to commit suicide. And that's when I ended up in the hospital. And I ended up, I spent the night there. And I was a huge amount of prescription pills, which has a lot of pain to it as well, physically. So who found you and how did you get to the hospital? My mother found me on the bathroom floor. And... It was very, very difficult for my mother to find her daughter very unconscious with all the medication I was under. And I think that she called the ambulance, and then I went to the hospital, Lucille Packard Hospital. How long were you in the hospital for? Four days. After I recovered, they had to agree to a space of 
where I would go. And customarily, when you have a suicide attempt, you are sent to the mental hospital. And my parents didn't want that because of all the treatment that I had to go under again. And also the stigma of my spill and our community stigma of going to a adolescent mental hospital. They had after stern arguments from my parents and my doctor as well, my current psychiatrist. The agreement on my faith came because they said that if I didn't tell anyone about my suicide attempt or diagnosis, I wouldn't have to go to the hospital. And that made me feel absolutely awful because it made me have a huge feeling of regret because I didn't stand up to the stigma. The stigma made things worse, right? It did make things worse because I knew deep down that I never caused my mental illness. It made me feel so ashamed about what happened. And that made me feel the worst of that shame and regret that I didn't stick up for myself when I was feeling I knew what was right and that this was wrong, what happened. Did you keep your promise? I was riddled with so much shame and regret. I never told anyone about this event for a year, just like I promised the adults in my life. In freshman year, the trauma of the event still haunted me. The regret of not speaking up for my mental illness led to the motivation of changing the perception of mental illness. I began to look into local programs in the Bay Area which dealt with mental illnesses. None of the volunteer programs that were offered I was, what was, I was looking for. About a month after this search, I stumbled upon LET's, a program for high schools called LET's, which stands for Let's Erase the Stigma. Determined to start a chapter in my school, I broke the promise and told my school story to my new friends, who are now my officers. They agreed to help in any way they could. So these friends were different, and you survived the betrayal of the first group of people that you thought were friends. How did your personal experience relate to starting Let's? The events that happened in my life led me to how Let's could change the world. The trauma I experienced in my life was not only from having a mental illness, but from the stigma of my mental illness. The poor education on what mental illness really is became more important than ever to me. I thought it was important for the future generations to understand that receiving treatment for a mental illness is just as important as receiving treatment for any other medical condition. The very first step was to erase the stigma. What is LETS? LETS is about sharing the facts and disproving myths on mental illnesses and suicide. What happened at the start of your school year? I chartered the very first LETS club in Northern California. On the club day, over 110 students signed up, and the club lost office became the largest LETS club ever. What is your official title at the LETS club? President. What kinds of things have you done as president? I've created a variety of activities to help erase the stigma. On the very first week of October, Let's members passed out turquoise ribbons, which is the official color of mental illnesses. And every day I read a part of a speech that created and that explains how mental illnesses affect our community. I designed the club and the meeting so that it's 50% education and 50% fun. Members can sign up for men a mental illness that affects them in their life and bring in a PowerPoint that explains facts and statistics on the mental illness and also how it starts and the different warning signs, 
The second half is always about fun activities such as fundraiser and events. One of the events that we've done for fun is Mental Illness Awareness Week, which was a lot of fun because people brought in, in different things to share about mental illnesses, but we also wore our shirts and we took pictures of ourselves in the shirts and we did a whole collage. And then also another thing that we've done is we're working on the inspirational drive, which is a drive which is designed for mental hospitals. We make an inspirational quote or something that you've done or uh, basically something that's inspired you, and you write a card, and we're making them right now. What is the impact of the Let's Club at your school? The Let's Club at our school the one of Los Altos now serves as a model to many Let's Clubs throughout the nation. To conclude, we can use our pain to help others. Sarah survived a very painful experience. She doesn't run away from that pain, but instead she uses it to help others who feel the way she used to feel. To learn more about Let's, visit www let's.org Don't miss the rest of the Impact series. Follow me on Twitter. My handle is at FlipSwitchTeens. You can always hear other FlipSwitch podcasts and read my blogs at www.thebalancedmind.org forward slash FlipSwitch forward slash podcast. Leave a comment. Be heard. Until we meet again, this is Jessica Lynn Jimeno signing off and saying thank you for listening to Flip Switch.